Everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Uh, this is an exciting episode because we have some special guests beside uh, Brother Benjamin is here with us, but we are also going to have on the program tonight uh, Sister Lee from Answer the Call International, and also joining her, a special guest, Pastor Chino, all the way from India. He runs an orphanage there and reaches the lost for Christ, and uh, missions is something that's dear to my heart, and so anytime I've got the opportunity uh, to have somebody on that's in the heat of the battle, we want to make sure it happens here at the Remnant Call, and so we are just excited for that this evening. Uh, folks, we are definitely living in some challenging times, some perilous times, but God commands us through all of this that we are to remember the fatherless and the widows. And so, folks, no matter what's going on, the chaos in this world, remember, we have a called ministry, and that's to reach the lost and to take care of those who can't take care of themselves, to remember to visit. I remember there's a widow lady right up the road from me. And during the height of COVID, they'd shut her church down and everything. And I'd go over there and visit her. And she would just, she would didn't care about anything. She wasn't afraid of all this stuff. She would just jump up and hug me and, and everybody because nobody had touched her in, in a week. And so, and folks, people need love to be loved in this hour. And God has called us to be that his, his hands and his feet in this hour and this earth. And so I'm going to bring on tonight with us to open up the program and some prayer and everything. Brother Benjamin, are you here with me? I'm here, Frank. Brother, thank you so much for sharing this good news that we can have some guests on tonight, uh, especially uh, Sister Lee and, and uh, Pastor Chino here uh, tonight. And brother, I'm just going to ask, could you open us up in some prayer? Let's jump right into this program. Amen. To the listeners, please agree with us. Father, in Jesus' name, we come. We lift up this time. We lift up this program. We ask that your Holy Spirit would give utterance words of truth and of edification and of healing would come forth. And I pray that every listener's heart and ears would be touched by the living spirit of almighty God. Lord, I pray for a peace that passes understanding to come upon your people in the time of a, of a storm without precedent. that's about to break forth upon the earth. So we commit this time to you, Lord Jesus. We dedicate this program we dedicate our lives to your service and your glory we pray that you would lift this up to accomplish your purposes father in jesus name we pray amen amen brother thank you so much and i i want to jump in but we haven't i haven't had you on brother in a couple of weeks and uh i'll tell you um the, i i feel today this week this past week and everything that's gone on um, that we have truly passed into a total totalitarian society here in the United States. And brother, I, I just feel like if if you can't see the hour that we're in now, I don't know if you'll ever see it. Oh, it's by the day. You know, the war is expanding in Europe. The the nations continue to prepare for an even greater war. And then, Frank, at the same time, you know, just this afternoon, the news breaks. MSNBC tells their viewers civil war is here and Americans need to prepare for actual violence. You know, and, and the liberal press is telling the American people that there's no way to deal with conservatives that we've come to the end of the road and all that is left is civil war. And they they're accusing Trump of controlling millions of armed supporters. We can manipulate at the drop of a dime. <laughs> it's like, I mean, these guys are crazy. You know, the truth doesn't have anything to do with their narrative, but yet they bring their lies. And, um, you know, before we, before we get into the gas, I, I just want to do a shout out for uh, the highwire.com. And uh, for those of you that 
are familiar with the high wire, uh, I would encourage you to go and view the program that was recorded yesterday. Senator Johnson from the state of Wisconsin is interviewed and he drops a truth bomb. It is amazing what he uncovers about the deep state, the corruption of all of our regulatory agencies, how most of the Senate and the Congress is literally intimidated to the point where they're not going to touch anything controversial. It's all about being in the club, representing the American people is is no longer even part of what happens in in D.C., with the exception of a few uh, godly men, a few American patriots that are still fighting for for what's left of the rights in, in our republic. But but I would encourage you, uh, if you've never turned into the highwire.com, it's Dell Bigtree's program, go listen to the interview with Senator Johnson. And, you know, it's amazing how they the media attacks this man who is a truth teller within the halls of power. And, you know, we're at that point where, you know, if I could just read one scripture verse for today's news, I would look to Matthew 24 and I would I would look to, you know, verse eight. And these are just the beginning of sorrows. We have passed through the beginning of sorrows and now they will deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many become offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and deceive the many. And because iniquity will abound, the love of the many shall wax cold. But he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And, you know, we're in that hour, Frank, where we're already hated. Uh, Pastor China from, from India will, will no doubt share with us the persecutions that are occurring now in India. And it's it's all across the third world. And it's, you know, this used to be something we would read about in maybe a missions magazine. It's coming to our country. It's coming to our cities. It's coming to our streets. And very soon it's coming to our front door. So, you know, we best redeem the time. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, well yeah, bro- Frank, why don't why don't we bring on um Sister Lee from Answer the Call International and uh Pastor China and they can they can share with us some of the exciting things that God's doing in India. Absolutely. Let's bring them on. So uh Sister Lee and Pastor Chino, if you could unmute and, and come on into the show. We're glad to have you here tonight. And folks, you know that um this is a ministry, just as a, a reminder that it was is very dear to Brother Benjamin's heart. Uh I feel that um it's a great place. Um, people are wondering today where you can, uh, you know, share something, give to confidently. Well, let, we're going to have the people on tonight to share exactly what's going on with that. So, Brother Benjamin, I see they're on the line with us. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them officially? Well, yeah, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Leah Hash, who is the founder and uh, the principal, uh, the, the Tower of Faith behind Answer the Call International. And with her, uh, all the way from India, is one of the one of the leaders, one of the, the people that are um, responsible for the on-the-ground on management of a tremendous ministry, not just to uh, orphans in some of the poorest neighborhoods of India, but to um, to widows who are who are suffering disabilities from from diseases as terrible as leprosy to, and to a general outreach to the poor, to the poorest communities of India where, where people literally cannot read or write and, and they are making a difference on the ground. And so um, sister Lee, welcome. Pastor Hi, Chino, thank welcome. you. Thank you for having us. Welcome. Thank you very much for giving this time. Oh, it's our, it's our pleasure. It's a blessing to have you guys. Well, Lee, why don't you, Kind of give some background. Some of the listeners probably don't even know about Answer the Call or any of the wonderful things that that your ministry is doing. Uh, why don't you give us a you know brief background on 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 how and and whence you came to be? Oh sure, I, I would love to, and I'll be very brief because he has a lot to share and say. But uh, Answer the Call was birthed about sixteen years ago. When I received an email, it was kind of a mistake email from a pastor in India. 
And he was sharing that his family takes care of widows, orphans, lepers, and poor village pastors. And, you know, sometimes you just listen deep within to that still small voice that said not to delete that email. And praise God, I didn't. So I responded and we struck up a conversation back and forth. They would send me pictures of people being baptized in the river. I'd send pictures of my children. I'm a single mom. And as our friendship developed, I would send a little bit of money when I could. I'd send my children's clothes. We would pray together and they would tell me that the Lord has shared with them that I would be their missionary, which seemed kind of to me at the time. I'm like, how could that happen? You know, I'm a single mom. I've got debts. Um, but it was in my heart to go. And eventually somebody gave me some frequent flyer miles and I landed in India in this village with the most a beautiful, amazing family. And it was hard and it was beautiful. And yeah, that's, I mean, I've got it written down on the website, the long version, but that's basically it. God was all over it. I've been there nine times. And when I went, they were, the family was living all together in a one hut, one room hut with a small church hut next to them, which is where they would minister to the lepers and the church and the children would sleep there at night and they would use it for storage. And we've grown, we've definitely grown since then. And we've rebuilt that to a smaller building to accommodate children in a boy's dorm and a girl's dorm. But we've also acquired some acreage and we put the walls up and are starting some dirt work and foundation. And the vision is for this orphanage to house around 200 children off the streets. And it will also be an outreach with a clinic for the uh, Hindu neighbors to show them the love of God and a place of restoration where people can come for rest and leper ministry, widow ministry. It's, it's pretty amazing. And um, I'm going to let him share, but before I do want to, say that we give 100% of all the money that is donated. We don't keep anything. That's not our heart. Our heart is to funnel what the Lord gives us straight to India. They're excellent stewards of the money that they get. And it all goes exactly where it needs to make a difference with those living in poverty. And so I'm going to just, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I wanted you, if you real quick, before you turn it over, could you share how you met Benjamin? Oh, <laughs> I met him at a church. We were invited to a church meeting from a friend of mine, um, Pastor Kyle in, in um, Billings, like the day before they had a meeting. And so it was spontaneous. And we went, went to this meeting, was introduced to Benjamin. And after the meeting, it was like, hey, let's go have coffee. So my friend and I and Benjamin, we went and we had coffee and we shared till the wee hours of the morning. And then he said, so. India, tell me about that. And I just shared my testimony, the long version. And he was so moved. I am so moved. I remember he had tears in his eyes. He said, I have such a heart for the children. And it was just the children. It just, it, it just got to him, just got to his heart. And so he became an advocate for us and a huge um, encourager. From there on, we got our 501c3 and he kind of walked us through some processes and um, yeah, he's been a champion. We appreciate everything you've done for us, Benjamin, and then some. Well, you are most welcome. You know, it is such a blessing to be able to actually touch lives. You know, there's so many ministries that, you know, and it's hard to really know what's happening on the ground. And it's hard to know the efficacy of the, the work that's being done. And, you know, and to be quite candid, uh, Lee, if I, if I could be so bold, there are outreach ministries in Pakistan, in India, in third world countries that are actually complete frauds. And yes. there, there are no orphans. There is no orphanage. All of the money goes into the pockets of the criminals that have created the website. And they have all these wonderful pictures of the children supposedly in their orphanage. And yet there's no orphans, there's no orphanage. It's all a big sham. And and a large score of Western donors send money to organizations that are actually complete facades. And, um, you know, 
you've been on the ground. We know directly the people that are monet- managing the outreach to the children in India. And so, and and I can testify having acted as basically the chief financial officer for a period of time, the ministry doesn't even pay the travel costs. All of your staff, all the people, everyone that has, that has come alongside to help with the lift of answer the call, everybody donates their time. They donate their own money and, you know, whatever out of pocket expenses they're being paid for by the donors as well. So this is a 100% um, ministry of giving. None of the people involved with it are taking anything. We're pushing as much as we can in the way of help to, to these children who without us would, would really have not had a lot of help. Lee, why don't you talk for a minute about the economic level of the, the, the area where the orphanage exists. This is not the upper income areas of India. It's quite the opposite, correct? Right, right. And, and I'll, before that, I also want to add that we do support a pastor in Pakistan. Um, but we have a direct contact through him through a personal friend from Pakistan who he actually had to flee the country at one time because of a mercy killing threat. And so this is a dear friend and pastor who helped him during that time. He works with the Christians who work in the brickyards and they live as slaves. Um, So we've helped him start a sewing center and build a little church for them. And then I've also been to Nepal two times. We have a pastor there who left his big church to go and be a pastor in the slums. And Mm -hmm. so we have a group of people in the slums that are like just the most amazing people. So we have that direct contact also. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so the area in India is in Southern India and it's a village and there is extreme poverty. I mean, it's what you see on, on TV and, thatch huts it's yeah i get emotional talking about it you know you you see the beggars laying on the ground you see the children that are homeless and the women forced into prostitution uh wage wise what were you saying today chenna that a labor would earn per day ten dollars ten dollars tops and that's a good wage if you're a widow, it's very hard to find employment because they believe that you have some sin in your life. And because of that, your husband died. So you're unhirable. And many times the husband's family will then cast the woman out with her children. They feel that if they hire her or have her live with them, they will be cursed. And so these women have to turn to prostitution. Mm-hmm. They might have to go to a widow temple and prostitute that way or just be on the streets and in fact some of our children have been what is called a semi-orphan they might have a mother but because she's a widow and can't support them then they take care of the child and try to keep the mother connected so that um, they have a safe place learn about jesus help grow up and change the culture and then help the mother as much as possible amen and lee is it accurate that some of some of the orphanages that have been taken in were basically homeless living on the street. Yes, absolutely. And what ages would these children have been at on average? Three to three, 14. three to 14 or 15. So children as young as three, four, yes. five, yeah. you know, small children living on the streets in the, in poverty stricken regions of india and what would they do for food lee how would they feed themselves before they came to the orphanage they would yeah uh scraps they would beg dig in the garbage they'd go to the garbage dump and look for a little bit of refuse in fact part of the birthing of this family's ministry was when they found an abandoned baby in a garbage can and they took that baby into the hospital but it didn't survive And God just moved on their hearts to take in the children. Mm. Amen. Now, does the local community know that these little orphans are Christians? Yes, they do. They do. We have, uh, uh, we have a lot of oppression from the government, but still, they want to shut it down. Uh, already a couple of organizations are shut down in India. 
like Compassion International and uh, like big big organization like Mother Teresa Foundation. India want to cut short of all kind of Christian and social activities and want to turn them into Hinduism. They don't want to have any either kind of uh, religion. So they are moving towards that since a couple of years. So even uh, when I'm speaking, my name is not a China, but still I try to hide my name so that uh, I won't I won't have any problem. I won't have any problem to my organization in the future. So pretty much try to uh, do what God has called to do uh, in spite of a lot of persecution among the Christian brethren. Churches are being burned, pastors are killed, and their children are raped, and uh, a lot of things are happening. Uh, but in spite of that, we God has called us to reach and make disciple and share the good news where unreached people are still there. At present, we are mostly concentrating on the persecuted pastors and also some places where people live in the tribal area in mountains. Most of them are un, uh, uneducated. They are not able to write and read but we have a heart for them to reach. So we are trying to get a audio Bibles, audio Bibles which can be charged by solar way and also electrical way so that they can read. They can listen the uh, Bible. Uh, so we are trying to reach these people. God is doing mighty things and a lot of miracles among them and a lot of witchcraft people are being turned to the God and uh, God has been uh, multiplying so many people who never heard about Jesus Christ in their life. Tell them the story about the uh, paralyzed man. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, we, uh, this happened six months back. We gave some of the audio Bibles to these people and uh, one of our pastors took to the uh, paralysis family. They were Hindus and uh, this pastor can't be there every day because it is a mountain. He need to climb and come back. It takes uh, almost a day for him. So he told pretty much that you listen this Bible and you will be healed. So this both family were just putting this audio Bible and listening five or ten chapters every day. After a week, his husband, the paralyzed patient, paralyzed man got healed and uh, before that almost three months he was on the bed and can't able to do anything but now he can pretty much heal and going to the every place and telling about Jesus you know the I got this book this this cell phone cell phone and I'm listening this is a Bible and uh, God has been healing God has healed me completely so people were he they were they both were very joyful for knowing God and God healing them and sharing to everyone even they most of them were saying that why you are talking about Jesus but they were so happy to share what God has done in their life and keep telling to everyone about what God has done to them by just listening the audio Bible so we are doing that because we want to reach this part where uh, unreached people are there and uh, encouraging them more and want to uh, see that whole India will be coming back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Benjamin, if I could ask a question, uh, Pastor, um, could you share some of the challenges? I, I know uh, you mentioned, you know, or, or uh, Lee mentioned about, you know, people eating from dumpsters. I remember the first time I was in Africa and, uh, it's very hard to even talk about when I saw people going through these dumpsters of the worst caliber of garbage you could imagine trying to find food absolutely broke me just to see that. And I've seen the challenges. Sometimes it, we have a, a Christian school that I support and, and are connected to in the mountains of Africa and the challenges with the students that come into the school with um, demonic 
um, possession, uh, raped children, just getting to the school uh, can be such a challenge. Uh, what are the things that you guys face uh, with these or, you know, young children and, and challenges that you have in your ministry over there? Uh, our miss basically in India, we have still the dowry system. So what happening is they are, everybody in the family, they want to have a male child. They don't want to have a female child in their family because when the child grown up, they need to give a lot of dowry to the groom family. So they don't want to have a uh, female child. So they are killing every female child. The same way I found a female child when I was going to my medical college and I found out the child was in a dump yard and I took her to the hospital where I was studying. We tried to save her and we lost her. That is the way the children home or the orphanage has started. We were keep trying to reach these children because children are in the street. Some are, children are still uh, what uh, child labor. Uh, they are quarry, they're cutting the stones or working in the in the in the uh, small small restaurants or uh, cleaning the plates even the age of five or six so we are just just to fill their stomach they are finding uh, any kind of work or maybe or maybe begging in the street or in the trains or in the buses they sleep in the night in the buses and morning so there is a lot of uh, children are been uh, forced into this child labor or the children are being raped and uh, they were pretty much because they don't want to have a female child in India. So it is a lot of challenging. So to take these children into our children home and want to see them, they rise and their wounds will be healed and they will have a rise their own. Uh, integrity and uh, once they will be 18 or 10 they can live by themselves and our motto is not just raising these children or whatever the poverty is there we want to bring them this new generation for lord jesus christ they will be a servants of god they will be a doctors they will be lawyers they will be somewhere and they are going to change the nation because we don't want to see them as they are in the uh, begging and uh, they are in the dump yard or are abused by somebody uh, or se uh, sex trafficking or human trafficking whatever the things are happening we are we want to change because of the these things are happening every corner in india not only in india like as you said in africa in other other nations of the world third third world Amen. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Pastor. One other thing is, is I, I know that the God is moving in different places in India, and and there's a lot of I'm I'm sure you're encountering a lot of resistance from the Hindu side. But are are you finding that the people, when you can get in there, they're hungry for Jesus? They are pretty much hungry for the God. The reason is that. They are, have been worshipping these all kind of idols, but they are not seeing any kind of fruit. But once they come, when they pray or listen to the word of God, God is changing their lives. God is speaking through the dreams and visions and doing miracles in their life. And they want to know more and more in spite of the persecution. The persecution by their own family, but they are not, they don't want to leave the Jesus Christ, even the whole family reject them, whole family forsake them. That is what is very, very much happening in India. That may be the one of the reasons that devil is trying to attack more and more and more, but the church of God is alive and God is rising his own believers and strong even in spite of the persecution, in spite of the lot of trouble. God, in spite of the lot of oppression happening towards the Christian, but God is moving. God is on the throne and God is bringing more, more, more churches alive and more revivals are happening every corner in India.
Wonderful. Brother, sorry, Benjamin, I'll turn it back over to you. I'll, I'll keep going all night. No, you're doing great, Frank. Uh, Those are excellent questions. Don't stop. I appreciate it. Well, Pastor, just, you know, missions, like I said, it's, it's, this is the most nearest and dearest um, work to my heart. And um, one of the things that I, I, I want um, people to understand is that, folks, it's so difficult when you're in areas where there is such an illiteracy rate. India has some of the smartest engineers in the world, some of the greatest medical doctors, and the absolute poorest people all at the same time. And these audio Bibles, I think, are fantastic because it's a way to reach people that are illiterate, that can't read as well and all that. What is it? How how does how does you go about getting these? I mean, is there a cost associated? How does this work with the audio Bibles exactly? It is a it is a uh, name called Megawise International. <clears throat> it has an international headquarter in USA, but they have a branch in India, New Delhi. Pretty much, it costs very expensive in US. It costs maybe hundred to one twenty bucks, but whereas in India they provide for thirty dollars. One audio Bible can. Uh, be there almost 10 years around because of the just it is a soul uh, charged by solar power so it is expensive but god is working among these people so we want to reach even it is a 30 dollars for us it is a lot of money a lot of money but when god uh, money is not the matter when you somebody is saving somebody heals somebody coming to the lord through these audio bibles we are very much trying to whatever whatever we have it we were going and uh, trying to reach these people with that mm. so that is the only way they can know the lord because they are not able to read and write mm. amazing lee and this is maybe a question for both of you what are your biggest challenges right now in india besides the children i mean what or is it just the children what what is it that you're facing that that uh is most you know in in the way or burdening you all right now um well right now there's a lot of new rules and regulations on their end with the government wanting to shut down what you call the ngo organizations you know the nonprofits. and so god has been very good to us we've been able to still continue to send support um and we pray, we pray daily about that so it doesn't affect being able to send them send them what they need. Um, you have anything else? Uh, we have a lot of scrutiny at present. What, it was like every five years or one year they used to come and scrutiny. Nowadays they are trying to scrutinize us every three months. They, want, they are coming and they say that, you know, you don't have this paper. So we want to close it so that you are not eligible. So they, they are pretty much targeted all the Christian organization in India. It is applicable to the only Christian organization. So we don't know what happens in the future that sending a, a, a $1 to Christian <clears throat> Christian brother in India will be more difficult. We are kind of, you know, like on the standards of a lot of well-known missions, we're considered small. Um, so that helps us to stay kind of under the radar as well. Also there too, you know, they're a small ministry, small but mighty. They reach out big, but it's not like Mother Teresa's where it's worldwide known. And so that's kind of nice because it allows us to do more. And I, I believe it's, I believe it's the grace of God. And they do have some local favor because the locals have seen the fruit from this ministry. If we're able to go buy bikes, well, we're buying bicycles from those local businesses. If we're buying clothing, we're buying it from the local businesses. We're buying rice. It's from the local businesses. So these businesses and these other people are seeing, well, they have a benefit. They wouldn't want this to just shut down because of the help that they also have, you know, it's, hmm. it's kind of nice. So, yeah. 
so uh, last question, or I, I guess two things is one is that how can people best support your ministry? And two, th- this has just been some of my experience, uh, Lee and, and Pastor China, is that, uh, but and I, I'm, I've been predominantly with Africa as my missions, but that folks in ministry, I've talked to people in the United States, there's a shortage of pastors, okay? There's a shortage of people wanting to go into the ministry. There's a shortage of people wanting to share the gospel. Overseas, I have found that in these situations like you all are in, where they're actually reaching the young, these people, yes, they're going on to be doctors and different things. They're also going on to be pastors. They are actually raising a generation of people to share the gospel. Has that been the experience over there? And also, please, how can we best support that afterwards? We are very much trying to reach every everyone knowing their God in their work most mostly we are sending them to the bible colleges people who want to know more and want to be a pastors how much does a bible college <clears throat> uh, in bible college it may cost uh, for one year it may cost five hundred dollars so pretty much food and everything our wish is that we have two acres of land at present we are building 200 <clears throat> children orphanage at present and a school and free medical clinic. And we want to start our own Bible college, like Indian Sioux Bible College, uh, Bible training for 45 days or three months. We don't want to keep them a longer period. We want to have Indian Sioux Bible training and want to send them out. Every three months, we want to send a new batch to the where there is unreached people. So that is a way mostly we want to reach our own people, native making native pastors. So this is a hidden agenda. The reason we don't want to expose ourselves, the reason that we that our what we are doing won't be, uh, uh, our government won't stop us because we try to be very dim light ourselves so that we don't want to be in any kind of website or, because they are trying to track down everything what is happening. So we don't want to... Uh, uh, put it anything in the social media and trying to uh, dim light ourselves and want to uh, reach as many as we can by the grace of God. Yes, yeah, so we did have a Facebook page. We actually shut down and our website is answerthecallinternational.org. And we had to kind of pull some stuff off there too. So if it seems like it's kind of vague or we've taken names or photographs off, it's definitely for a reason. Mm, yeah. No, I hear you on that. And thank you so much. And so, folks, please, Benjamin, uh, you, I know that you have supported uh, this. And knowing that 100% of your money is going to the mission field, folks, I, I, I know of one other – I know of one other organization that does that. It, this is a rare – uh, instance here and brother i know benjamin that's why you've stood behind this too because of the amount of uh money that actually makes it there brother well and and because of the tremendous impact that's happening on the ground absolutely and you know not only have have we been able to reach a huge number of orphans that were basically homeless children but these little kids have become warriors for the lord and they fast, they pray, they're standing in the gap. And, you know, it's having an impact far beyond just the lives being directly touched because those lives are touching other lives. And, you know, whenever you can find good ground, really good ground, you want to bless it. And so for that reason, you know, I'm honored to be able to, to stand up and, and share with people that answer the call international is good ground and and you know it's all been verified lee knows the people we we've got teams that go over on a regular basis um you know this isn't just um, a ministry that is sending money to the third world this is a ministry that's got boots on the ground in the third world and we're you know we're touching lives and and ultimately we're going to be changing nations Yes, you know, and if, if I may add, I, I just want to 
do a little shout out for the people there that have leprosy. And we have 80 lepers. I prefer to say people with leprosy, 40. There's two groups of 40. So there's about 80 and leprosy is still very prevalent. You know, we tend to think of it as, oh, that's a biblical days kind of thing. And Anybody can get it, no matter what their caste is. They could be very successful, very rich and affluent. They can be very poor. But pretty much every time their family is going to cast them out. And they're told that they're suffering because they sinned in their past life. And the social system isn't much to help them because they say, you're paying penance. We can't help you. If we help you, we're not helping you. You have to suffer so that your next life is better. And it could be very treatable. It's very, very expensive. But, um, you know, we have sent money over before and we've done the shots to try to slow it down. And um, there are many times a family, a, a wife or a husband, and they've got children. And if the children don't get their shots, they may eventually have leprosy themselves. But I have a heart for these people. They're absolutely beautiful. When you sit with them, and this leprosy, it eats their toes and their fingers and their ears, nose, and it just begins to rot. And as it rots, some of the limbs have to be cut off. It's, it's heartbreaking. And to see these people, it's heartbreaking. So they worship God. They sit in church and they raise their hands, their stumps, and they come in on crutches and we buy them trikes. A trike is like a, a bicycle with three wheels but it's got a lever that you use with your hand because many times they don't have feet and that gives them independence. So they're not having to be carried or pushed in a cart. But when you see them with their hands raised and they're worshiping God and they have no fingers, it's, there's, it's humbling. There's nothing like it. And I want to share Daniel's story. Um, You know, they get saved and they get these awesome, beautiful biblical names And through an interpreter, he came up one day, put his hand on his hip, and he began to share with me that he used to be very powerful, very rich, and he was Hindu. He said then he got the leprosy. But because of the leprosy, he found Jesus and he got saved. He said he praises God for the leprosy because without it, his heart still would have been hardened and he never felt joy before. I mean... Could you imagine if I had leprosy? I'm not sure I would be praising God for it. I mean, it's just they're the most beautiful people. And they go out and they share. They share with the other poor that will let them near them. They share with other lepers. So there's a little evangelism system going on just with them. We provide food. We provide cooking utensils, things that they need, clothing. And they come to the church. Is it once a month or twice? Once a month. And at that time... Chinna himself, who has some medical background, will clean their wounds. He will wash their wounds. He'll wash these stumps and he will rebind them and give them medicine. And then we feed them. We clothe them. There's been many a time I've scooped some rice in their bags and it's hard to do without weeping. Um, But it is also one of the most beautiful places I've ever been is with the lepers. Okay, well, I, you got me crying. Um, I, I am too. I had to okay. pause. I can feel the waterworks going. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how in the place of of some of the greatest suffering, the, the power of the cross Amen. shines through. And, and in the place of of ease, in the, you know, in the nations of wealth and prosperity, the, the hardness, the hardness to the truth of the gospel. And, you know, it's really a, a tale of two cities. You know, in the West, there's there for a little while, there's going to be the last vestiges of this prosperity that we've enjoyed, but it's going to be gone. They're already destroying the food supply. They're going to destroy the value of the dollar. They're going to destroy the whole economy. Then they're going to destroy the whole country. And we're, you know, the Americans and the citizens of these affluent Western democracies are going to be reduced to a, a state similar to to what the poor of the world have lived in only they're not going to know how to cope and and you know lee I, I thank you so much for sharing those details you know here are people that have suffered tremendously and you know where there's great suffering there's also 
a heart that is broken before God. And when there's great yeah. wealth and great success and great prosperity, you know, that the, there's also great pride and there's, there's a hardness to the things of God. And, you know, and, and why is that? You know, why does it require us to suffer or to, to see firsthand the suffering? Lee, you've, you've been many, many times. Share with us how profoundly it changed your life just to be a witness to the ministry of, of to these orphans and to these lepers on the ground in India. Oh, gosh, there's not even words. You know, the first time I sat with a leper, they're called untouchable. They're not touched. Um, like you were sharing, you know, with the widow that you would go visit. And I sat with them and I put their hand, I held their hands. And I told them, you're not a mistake. You are not untouchable. You didn't sin in your past life. God knows your name. And you are so loved, so loved. And they sit and you hold them. They've, I've had their head on my chest while they weep because they're being told they're not a mistake. There's just something about how that changes your life. But I come home and it's cold and I'll sit in my warm bathtub and I'll just cry and I'll thank God for my bathtub and for my hot water heater and for my microwave so I can warm up my soup and my warm blanket. Um, all these things that the little things that we take for granted walking into the grocery store when you come back from there always seems so outrageous. Um, and it definitely has made me appreciate everything, everything that I have. And these people are the picture of humility and humbleness and love. The first time I went, I was so broken. I was so broken. I, I'd never experienced that. I mean, I was literally dropped off in this village and then left. So it was me and, and them. And they hadn't seen a white woman. Many people I'd walk down the street and they'd come and take, you know, look at me or take a picture, hand me their babies to hold. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not that special. I didn't understand. It was so hard for me to see how we are looked up to so much, but I would, I would weep. I cried a lot. And I remember one time I'm in the thatch hut and I put my mom, my knees, I put my head on the, on the reed bed there. And I just began to bawl and the whole entire family just came and they began to layer on top of me and hold me. It was like this family huddle hug as I'm weeping, they're praying for me and they're just praying. And they're just praying and they've prayed ever since. And I know when time gets bad, there's many times I'm calling. I'm like, pray for me, pray for me. And, and I know they are, even when I don't ask them to, um, I have a family over there that just, and everybody that I've taken, there's been quite a few people. He's got a lot of friends here now and we, we've all been changed um, by this, just this family, this ministry. I, I, I wish everybody could go. Yeah, that was kind of a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. That was awesome. You know, it just it, it caused me to think how in the West, you know, there's a lot of people that are walking around in this illusion of prosperity that we live in, and yet deep inside their hearts, they're carrying a lot of pain. You know, and yet on the outside looking in, we're we're the richest people in the world. We have warm beds and, and water heaters and microwaves and, and refrigerators full of food. You know, we don't go to the garbage dump picking through trash looking for dinner. We pick whatever we want out of a refrigerator. You know, seemingly we have this, this prosperity. And yet at the same time, so many hearts broken, so many people deeply wounded and, and nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. And then what a contrast, you know, in, in the, poorest regions of the third world, people that have suffered in the flesh, but whose hearts are so full of love. And, you know, that's all they've got is the relationship with their family and their friends. It's Amen. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I wish everyone could experience it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you should organize a tour to, to India. Yes. You know, I'm sure a yep. lot of people would want to go. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We're talking about going next year um, to dedicate the orphans, orphanage and possibly do a crusade. Awesome. Yeah. You want to go, Benjamin? Sure. You both want to go? When would we go? Um, well, we're kind of waiting for a few things to change with some of the COVID regulations getting over there. Uh-huh. Uh, we're kind of waiting for that to change. We're seeing what happens because right now you have to have your vaccine. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people who want to go don't have it. So countries are slowly dropping that. Right. And now you just have to go and show them a negative <clears throat> test. Amen. So, you know, we're kind of waiting for things like that and for the orphanage to get done next year. Sometime we were thinking because of the heat and the weather next fall, October, November or December. Of 23. Yeah. Amen. I I have enough people want to go. Maybe we'll start going more than once. I'd love to go. I'm I'm (laughs) trying. I I haven't been back to Africa since 2017, which I used to go every other year. And uh, it's it's just depressing to not be there. And folks, let me tell you something. When she says that the people pray, they pray. It's so different in third world countries where they have nothing because God is everything. And if God doesn't come through, they don't eat. And so to see the magnitude of God in these people's lives, it it just, it's transforming. Oh, yes. Um, His father, Pastor Matthew, has calluses on his knees. And he would go up to the top story of the building that we have. And he just prays all night. You can hear him all night long. He just prays. He's got his hands in the air and he'll just intercede for everyone. Sometimes they get megaphones and they shout it out through the village. But there's a lot of praying. It's it's awesome. It challenges me in my prayer walk. Right. Amen. So the best way that people could donate and folks, you know, remnant call, we, we don't ask for money. So if you're have a burden to give, I'm going to ask that you direct your stuff over to answer the call. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can go to the answer the call international website and there's a place where you can pay on that. There's also a contact information. If somebody wanted to send a check instead, instead of going through PayPal, um, there's information on there. If they write anything, it comes straight to my email and I can personally respond. Right. On. Amen. Amen. Brother Benjamin, thank you for bringing this to light. Um, I feel like all the programs we do on the remnant call to warn folks, I feel this is the most important right here. Well, amen. You know, and I would remind our, our audience as well. Um, the Lord, it, he admonished us. He encouraged us. He's even he even put a challenge, if you will, into the scriptures of truth, where where the scriptures testify: He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Amen. So, in you know, looking at a world where nothing is certain, you know, everything that can be shaken is now shaking, and and I can assure you, a total economic collapse is coming to the Western economies. You know, the money is going to be no good. Um, the economic system itself is going to collapse. God's going to level the playing field for humanity. We're all going to be walking in a world where God is all that we have. But between, you know, then and now, um, we have the ability to give, to help ministries that are reaching the poor. We can give to bless the poor. And, you know, search search it out for yourself. In the scriptures, the Lord says, if you give to the poor, and he's talking widows and orphans, and the people that cannot help themselves, if you give to the poor, you are making a loan to me. And I got news for you. God will be the debtor of no one. He mm. always pays back these loans in in the time and place where you will most need his help. <laughs> and, you know, I, honestly, yeah, I'm an investment professional. That's part of what I do for a living. And um, honestly, recognizing the true sovereignty of our God and the the absolute truth of the Holy Scriptures, giving to the poor is the single best investment you can make today. Because it's oh, amen. Safe. Amen. I'm, 
yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted you. I have to attest to that. Yes, when I, the first time I sent the money, I sent $200. And at the time I cleaned out my bank account. It was the only $200 I had. It was every penny to my name. And I sent it and I hadn't met them yet. And I just prayed. And then I was like, Lord, if this is a scam, if this isn't real, then please honor this. I'm giving all that I have and I'm giving it to you. And I'm asking you to just recognize this as a gift to you. And then I got back pictures and children are eating rice off banana leaves. Widows are holding rice and the pastors got a little pittance. I mean, that $200 went for so far. I just, I remember just crying. I sat on the floor and I wept. And that is where it was birthed that any money I want to raise, I always want to send all of it because I know what it was like for me to look at that and go, whoa, I know where my money just went. But I've got to say, I know this is, you know, ministry I'm involved in, but even if I wasn't, it's such good soil. There's so much fruit there. My life has changed so much since going, pouring into them, um, donating. I, I can't even begin to tell you the change in my life. I've never seen fruit like it. You can't outgive God. And he loves them so much. A friend of ours was praying for this ministry and he saw a country. He saw a country and it would just raise the country lit up and it raised off the map like it was highlighting them. And so he did. He highlighted this ministry. Amen. Wonderful. Praise God. Listen, folks, yeah, if you want yeah. to know that scripture that Benjamin was referring to, it's Proverbs 1917. Please go read it. Thank Did you. I get it right, Frank? Yeah, you nailed it, brother. Praise God. I just wanted everybody to know that that's you weren't making that up. That's in the word. Why don't uh, we read that scripture? Absolutely. I've got it right here in front of me. It's Proverbs uh, 17. What? No, no. Proverbs 1917. 1917. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Read it, brother, please. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth to the Lord. And that which he has given will be paid to him again. Mm, God calls it a loan. Wow. I know. It's amazing. Praise God. Well, I I think, listen, I want to thank everybody for being on here tonight. And brother, I I think this is going to be the perfect place to uh, end tonight's program because I I want everybody to leave Remnant Call with, um, with these children on your mind with the miracles of God on your mind, with the works that God can do. And and I know what they're saying is true because I have contacts with other people have been missionaries. I've, I've heard story firsthand, not secondhand stories, firsthand stories of seeing over 3000 people get baptized. We're talking about Pentecost happening, giving their lives to Christ at the powerful movement that the Lord is doing in India. And if I can get behind that, if if the remnant call can get behind that, then folks, uh, that's what I want to do. And I encourage you too, to please uh, consider helping these people out. This is, this is a, an opportunity to give money and, and know that it's going somewhere um, and it's going to get there. And it's not going to be, uh, they say that the overhead, I think it is in, in the United way is 87% or something like that. It's outrageous. And, and here's a ministry that's even the people who volunteer pay their own way. Praise God. So the thank biggest you donors, so Frank, the biggest donors are the volunteers. Amen. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's about winning souls to Christ and they're doing it. And I want to encourage you, um, Lee, do you want to close with sharing anything else before we wrap up this program tonight or pastor Chino? Um, I, I don't, I, I think, gosh, thank you for such an awesome platform. I think we were able to really, give a pretty clear picture. And I just want to thank everyone for listening and, and not everybody can always give, if not, please pray for us and play, pray for those in India. Yeah. And here's Chenna. Yeah. I really agree with the mom Lee, what she said, you know, we need your prayers very much to the persecuted pastors, the children who, who are abandoned, 
and the lepers who are abandoned and the poor widows who can't able to live by herself in her desperate condition. And I just want to ask you only one thing that please pray that that God will save India for Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Amen. And the mayor. Amen. Brother Benjamin, would you just close us out with a word of prayer tonight? And folks, please answer the call international. It's all one word, correct? The website? Yes. Dot com? Org. Dot org. Dot org. Yes, sorry. Answer the call international.org. We'll put a link underneath in the notes of the program on how to click there. And brother, if you could just pray as we close out, I just thank you. Uh, I'm very emotional. I appreciate everything you shared tonight. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. Amen. Yeah, this was a divine appointment. Amen. Actually, Frank uh, Lee and um, Pastor Chino, we were talking earlier today, and you know, it was they were such a blessing to me. And and then I asked Pastor Chino, I said, "Is there anything I can do for you?" And then instantly, I thought, "Wait a minute, I'm, we have plans to go on Remnant Call tonight. I'll just bring them with." we're glad you did yeah Yeah, it was a real blessing and um you know it kind of reminds us of what the reality is the most important things are the things of the kingdom not the things of this world that that you know seem to be it's the tyranny of the urgent as they as they try to consume our focus and our time but it's the eternal things that really matter and you know, and that's what Answer the Call International is about. That's what this ministry in, in India and, in uh, you know, it's not just India. As we said, it's Pakistan, it's Nepal, you know, and um, it's a blessing to be a part of it. And Frank, thank you for opening the door to to your program tonight to to let all of us share this tremendous testimony of, of God using. I mean, this is this is two fish. This is a couple loaves, you know, at least had a few. A few hundred dollars. This ministry doesn't even have hardly any money. This is all being done on a shoestring. And um, and yet God's doing a lot. And so let's thank the Lord. Lord, we bless you for, for your compassion. Lord, our hearts break because your heart broke for us. Lord, we are touched. <laughs> by care and concern for the, for those that are hurting around us because you were concerned about us when we were dying in our sins, Lord. You came down. You healed us, Lord. You cleaned our wounds. You removed our sin through the power of your blood. Lord, you've blessed all of us mightily with opportunity to, to walk in works that were ordained before the foundation of the world that we could share and participate in the blessing of the fruit of the kingdom of God. And Lord, you have provided such a bountiful harvest. Lord, it's, it's reminds me of the feeding of the 5,000. You started out with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread, Lord, and you multiplied it and it, and it changed the lives of thousands. And that's what's happening here on the ground in India and in these other third world ministries that are just small. There's, small little groups that have been touched by you, Lord, and we get to be a part of it. We pray for these children. We pray for the the, the widows, the lepers, the adults and the children that are fighting these diseases. Lord, I pray for a powerful move of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for a, a, a covering, the power, the hand of God that the government would not even be able to see these ministries. Lord, make them make them invisible. Cover them with the shadow of your hand so that the noonday, it would be as if darkness had completely obscured any visibility. Amen. Make these ministries invisible. Lord, bless the children. Bless the staff. Bless everyone who's, who's put their hand to the plow to, to reach out and touch some of the most impoverished children on the planet and yet lord those little kids are precious in your eyes and we get to be a part of the blessing pray for pastor chinon and i pray for his his father pastor matthew pray for the entire team that is working lord we're doing this as a labor of love for you and for kindness and lord for compassion for these little children that are your children lord 
And, and what we do unto them, we do unto you. So God, give us wisdom on how to respond by the leading of your Holy Spirit. May your perfect will be done. And bless Pastor Chinon's flight back to India. And bless Lee and the rest of the ministry team to know exactly what to do in the time that is ahead. Amen. 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 May we all have calluses on our knees. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. I, I just, I'm completely tore up. Thank you all so much. May God be glorified. Thank you all. Blessings. Thank you, Brother Benjamin. Folks, please answer the call international.org go there and and uh please donate and and may god richly multiply everything this is brother frank um sister lee and pastor chino on the remnant call saying to everybody good night and shalom Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, someday on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, someday on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion,